G'day, this is Michael Lane from Sydney, Australia. I just had an amazing chat to Melanie A on the Everyday Leaders podcast, 50 of 50. Enjoy. This is Everyday Leaders. I'm your host, Melanie Ake. Everyday Leaders is an inspirational show to help you develop strategies to overcome everyday obstacles in your life. Today's guest will share the disciplines that he's practicing every day that is allowing him to achieve a life of success. Today's everyday Australian leader teaches us the power of creativity and how developing a core group of people that you can trust will determine your altitude in life. He's always challenging his team to think about how the market's going to want a product. In working with leaders such as Tony Robbins, he understands the fine line between ego and significance in the world. This powerful leadership lesson is one that you too can apply every day to live your life with success. Michael Lane, inspirational business owner, is my guest today. Everyday Leaders 50 and 50, show 15 of 2019, starts now. Welcome to the program, inspirational business owner, Michael Lane out of Sydney, Australia. Hey, Melanie. Great to talk to you. I'm looking forward to spending some time with you and hopefully sharing some wisdom with, uh, yeah, with your listeners. Absolutely. One of my 50 and 50 everyday leaders in 2018 was from Sydney, Australia, and actually a distant, not a distant relative, my cousin's husband, and it was a tennis pro from Australia. So I am super excited because the Aussie blood, right? I love to talk to Aussies, and it's really fun, mate. So we're going to have a great time inspiring business owners today and entrepreneurs. So thanks for joining me. I know it's noon there. It's a little late on a Friday evening here. So we're going to just take this show and have a lot of fun with it. So thanks for joining, Michael. Thank you for having me. I can't wait to, to get stuck into it. Yeah. So when we talk about entrepreneurship, you know, this is a topic that everybody dreams about. How can I own my own business what would it look like? What are those strategies, you know, as you're kind of going through high school or college and thinking about all these ideas that people have and say, what would it take? Do I have what it takes to be able to run my own company? So I want you to help my listeners today really connect to you on the, the process or the journey of when you decide, when you have a dream, what do you recommend to us the first step to do with that idea? Yeah, look, that's a great question, and uh, I get asked this a lot. For me, it's really starting to, you know, get really clear and and sit down and start to listen to some of the thoughts that are coming through. You know, for me, entrepreneurship sort of taps you on the shoulder and 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 starts to come at you with these ideas and these thoughts, and 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 you start to have these strategies. So the first step that I would think about is sitting down with a bit of peace and quiet, just with yourself, with maybe a notepad and start to jot down some of the ideas that are coming through consistently. You know, in this day and age, we have a lot of things consuming our mind and consuming our thoughts, but if there's some of your listeners out there and there's these common themes and these common things that keep coming through, sit down and start to write that out. What does that look like? How would you see that being a part of your life? You know, would it, would it be something you'd love to share with the world? Would it be something you'd you'd be inspired to sell or or, or market? 
start to get the basis of a plan and a, and a concept down on paper, I mean, there's many steps and many stages to launching an idea and a concept. But Melanie, I really think you need to start with the why. With the what why. is it you're, you're excited about? What is it you're passionate about? Forget about the how in the beginning. Focus on what it is and why you'd love to do it and why you'd love to get up every day and share that with the world. That, that would be my first initial steps in, in getting that idea into a bit of a plan. So are you a Simon Sinek follower? I have to ask you that. I am, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I haven't I haven't met Simon, but um, I, I'm in awe of what he's created so far and his, his education videos and his books are amazing. I love him. I love him too. I met him at a John Maxwell conference, a Live to Lead in Atlanta, Georgia, a few years ago. And I had used some of his material right. for finding your why and starting with why. Uh, for a training that I was doing in Germany. And and what I realized right. is it was international, right? I mean, the things that people teach us about leadership mm. are not just for Sydney, Australia. They're not just for Germany. They're not just for the U.S. or Canada. Th- these are transformational skill sets, right? So it's kind of those foundations. And I've been blogging about this a little bit, but the soft skills, right, that people say, Oh, those are soft skills. Give me the hard skills to get a job. But they really want you to know and understand the soft skills, which is, do you know your purpose? Do you know your why? How can you bring energy into what you're doing, right? And so it's all the same thing as you're creating an idea to be able to foster that and grow into your own company, your own business. And, And so that's what I love about what you're teaching and what you're inspired about. Tell me, um... When you decided, say, you know, niching yourself in this this entrepreneur um, training world, right? I'm going to help you be an entrepreneur. How did you decide that you were really the best person that you have had this experience to be able to now teach others? Yeah, look, it's the the journey, as as you probably know, of of an entrepreneur is is a is a tricky one. There's no clear path. Um, I've been on this journey for 20 years now and I'd love to say that I've figured it out. And, <laughs> and every time I feel like I've figured it out, I get humbled yep. and, and the universe kind of brings me back in alignment. But, you know, I, I really feel you've got to follow your intuition. You've got to follow your heart. You've got to figure out as early as you can, what it is you love. And, and Simon talks about it in a, in a perfect way is let's start with why. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's a, a great book and a great philosophy. And I think with my journey, I tried many different things. I, I went in, I chased the money for a long time. There was clearly things that I were not passionate about, but it looked like it would be a bit of fun and I could make some money out of it. And to be honest with you, Mami, I, I, I went down the wrong path. So for people listening to this, that's why I say, Go into a dark room, schedule time this weekend to sit down with a piece of paper and a pen and really start to discover and eke out what it is you'd love to do. Forget about the money, forget about the how, forget about everything. And I often tell people, once you, you, you will know when you're starting to figure out that purpose or that why, because you can look at that idea and concept and go, 
damn, I could wake up every day and do this whether I'm getting paid 50 grand a year or $50 million a year. Mm, so, look, my, my, my journey was up and down and cross and back and then down and then up again and down. But it was only when I truly went inside myself, figured out what it is I'd love to do, and then I started to figure out a plan. So, yeah, I, you need to start, and, and it's a it's a journey of discovery first. Mm-hmm. It's it's not chasing things outside of you. It's discovering something internally that really helped me discover what I was passionate about. I, I really like the way that you just described that because so many of us say, you know, if I had a whiteboard, right, and I could list down all these things, if I won the lottery, right, we always kind of go through that scenario. If I had all the money in the world, what would I do? But it's really not about that. Mm. It's if you don't have anything, what would you want to do, right? If you're sitting there homeless and you have every option in front of you, what would you do to keep yourself busy in the day? What would you do to help other people? What would you do to learn a new skill? How would you be curious, right? It's kind of like going back when you were a kid, five or six years old, and having the freedom, giving yourself the freedom and the permission to kind of explore and design the things that you want to be around. That's really tough for a lot of people, for a lot of ways, right? Because we get busy, we have things that are distracting us. But, um, you know, and, and I talk to people a lot about journaling. People that are creative have to get into this habit, these strategies or habits of writing things down, as you've spoken about, because it then keeps you kind of accountable, right? These are the things that I'm thinking into that are going to really help me develop those thoughts and ideas. Do, do you, are you a journaler? hundred percent. I, I, I discovered this, um, or I was, I, uh, a mentor of mine said, you need to start documenting uh, your life. If you, if you don't put the time and attention into sitting down and journaling your life, then uh, no one else is going to add value or, or no one's going to see you at the level that you want to be. So I actually have a process that I go through every single month. And a part of the journaling and, and, and a, a process that I go through is the day in the life of me in the future. So I kind of sit down every single month and I go through what would the day in the life of me look like when I got to that three-year, five-year, ten-year goal. And every single month I do it and every single month – 90% of what I write down is something that was there maybe last month or last year, but there's always this 10% that comes up intuitively through me. And it's almost my mission, my purpose, my intuition, shedding the next phase of my life. Mm-hmm. And and I most of the path that I continue to take is coming from this journaling process. And that 10% that comes up is kind of like, wow, okay, I don't know why this has come up right now, but I have to explore it. So, you know, for your listeners out there, I think you need to start documenting and journaling and start putting time and attention into your life, not just what's happened, but where you want to go. And that day in the life of the future me and, and who I want to become is is an amazing process that that, that I pinched off someone else. But it's I, I never reach that version of me. And that's what I love. Um, there's always more goals, bigger things I need to to achieve. So I love that I've always got this target three to five years ahead of who I want to become. And I think that's been something that's been a guiding light for me. Mm-hmm. I love that. But, you know, because you get inspired by things 
every day. And, and I love thinking about this, and I talk about this with a lot of my teams, but, you know, things that you do on an everyday basis. So maybe going to the grocery store, maybe going to get gasoline, maybe uh, for me, I fly on airplanes a lot. And you start to become so aware of things around you, right? And that level of awareness is is that kind of sensitivity to the world. And then this law of attraction, right? <laughs> things that you start thinking about, they start opening up to you and it inspires you to even be more creative about what the possibilities are. Yeah. And and that's when when you talk yeah, about like really, you know, going through this and saying, my three to five year looks like this, you know, a lot of people that might be listening to this think about the time that they had an interview, you know, closing your eyes and thinking about that first or second interview that you had in your life or that you're getting ready to have. And, you know, I don't know, do they still ask, what do you want to do in three to five years? Right. And so when you've boxed yourself into the corporate environment, they expect you to answer yeah. those questions with pretty clear, defined goals because that's what they're looking for for you striving. So why can't you do that in your own life as an entrepreneur, right? You have to have that same mindset yeah. uh, to be able to drive your success. And and so that's really, Absolutely. really, really, really important. <laughs> this is great stuff, Michael. Yeah, look, um, you know, for me, I'm constantly learning and, and every day I come across someone like you or someone else that I come across who gives me a little piece of the puzzle that, that I'm looking for. And I think there's an important lesson is, you know, as, as much and as long as you've been doing this, there's always new stuff to pick up. So what I love about doing podcasts and things like this is I'm going to grab two or three different things today that's going to help me grow and add to my process. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's got to be the continual evolution of who you are is, picking up these little pieces, adding it to your process so that that puzzle at the end of the day becomes as big and as clear and 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 and, and as, as wild as and exciting as you want it to be. But um, that's why I love doing podcasts. That's why I love doing interviews because I know that I'm on my journey and I can share a little bit, but I can also pick up little things that hopefully allow me to propel and get myself in a position to be able to inspire more people. Well, that is so awesome. I love, I just love this interview. (laughs) This is really going to be great for people (laughs) because, you know, it's pushing yourself to that next limit. And um, I actually just grabbed the Start With Why book off of my bookshelf because there was a point in here that I have marked that I love to kind of think through with people that love this book like I do. (laughs) And so I want to ask you a little bit about the tipping point. When Simon talks about the tipping point in this book, you know, and we always think about this from a sales perspective, that there are things that we approach in our lives about early adopters, um, you know, the innovators, the early adopters, the early majority, the late majority, and then the laggards, right? And so if you think about this on an entrepreneur level, it just kind of sparked me to go, okay, find that and open this up. And if you are an entrepreneur, on that bell curve, you know, you're going to hit all of those, right? And so Mm. you're going to do that in in sequence and you're going to go at your own pace instead of kind of what the majority of the world would do. You're going to have to step back and take it in your own time, but you're going to have to go through all those Mm. phases as well, right? So um, innovations, thinking about, like you said, journaling and can I do this? Is it the right fit for my dream? And then, you know, early adopters. Has anybody else done this? 
right? Has anybody else tried to achieve this before? And then the majority, right? So you, you get people on board with it. And then maybe there are a lot of people that start following you. And, um, and, and then, you know, it goes to that late majority. Did you miss it? Right. Did you miss your opportunity to be that entrepreneur? And are you kind of following and trying to transform and combine uh, your idea? Uh, and then the lagger, which is maybe I got to start from scratch again. Right. <laughs> but you really made me think through this. So I, I wanted to kind of open it up and have do you compare some of the entrepreneur classes that you teach to that kind of a bell curve? Yeah, look, um, I mean, there's so many facets to that statement that you just said, and whether it's tipping point or or, or, or it, many of those different things. And again, if you haven't, if you're listening to this and you haven't read that book, that that is probably one of the key lessons. And 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 go do that. But um, I've had countless tipping points in my life. I've had countless point times where I'm like, wow, um, I've got an idea or concept here that I really feel could go change the world. And then you start to research, you start to look at it. And I've had both occasions where, oh, wow, someone's already done that. Mm-hmm. And then I've had it where, wow, no one's doing this. Mm-hmm. And both have their benefits and drawbacks. Mm-hmm. So I, I think, again, the guiding light for me is, is as an entrepreneur, as a leader, and as somebody who schedules time to manifest and, and share my ideas and get creative, I mean, every single day, Monday to Friday, 11.30 to 12.30, my team, no, no one knocks on my door. It's purely me and my whiteboard coming up with new ideas, new ways, new solutions. Mm. Then you've got to go through the process and going, hold up, is this viable? Is it actually achievable? All those kind of things. And, you know, coming back to your question, um, there are ways to fast track it. Even Simon's book, you go through Simon's book, and if you read that book and you've got an idea or concept, you read that book with that idea and mentality, you will come out with a way to fast track you getting that idea or that product or that service out there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we do courses and, and my business, we, I mean, last year we did 495 events in 38 countries teaching leadership, entrepreneurship, sales on, you know, all different ways to better you. And there's probably not one program where I can put my hand on my heart and say, oh, if you do this one, everything's going to change. Mm-hmm. It's, they all play their part. But, you know, it, it, you don't even have to go to an event these days. You, you, you can go to YouTube. You can download a book. You can do a whole heap of things to fast track taking your idea from a whiteboard into a minimal viable product, then hopefully getting your product out there to scale. So, um you know, there, there's many ways to execute now. And I love that because, Melanie, when I came into this industry in, in 2003, um, you mean, we had fax machines. We didn't, we didn't even have computers in our business back then. It was a telephone and a, and a, and a phone book. <laughs> and, you know, I've seen in the last 16 years how easy it is to do research and due diligence on your idea, your concept. Mm-hmm. So we'll be able to, go online and see is there a market who actually needs this? You know, so, you know, there's never been a better time for leaders to start to execute their idea, their plan and their vision. And and that's what's exciting for me as an entrepreneur to be able to get up and go, great, I've got an idea. Let's see, let's try and diagnose whether this is a genuine idea or not. And to be honest, I can tell within an hour 
with taking my idea from the whiteboard, doing a bit of due diligence, I can know very quickly whether I'll be able to make that work or not. And that's the beautiful thing about being an entrepreneur in this day and age. Mm -hmm. You really just start to feel it. You know, you try to understand that passion Mm -hmm. and that, that pull, right? You say, I have an idea. And then this idea is continuing to pull me. It keeps me up at night. It keeps me thinking about if I'm curious, maybe it could fit in this space, right? Or or this market or this genre or this um, generation, you know, who's it going to attract? And I think the most important thing about leadership is when we talk about how does it add value to those that I want to serve, right? So when we talk about servant leadership and and creating these ideas or these products, for people that would want to purchase them, right? Because it is a capitalistic mm. society. We we want to be able to, you know, enjoy the riches from our ideas and our hard work and our labor. And so part of this, I you know, as I think about this, you, um, as you were talking, I wrote down Shark Tank. And, because writing on a whiteboard, so many people that are contestants or guests on Shark Tank, you know, they do the same thing. They are, you know, really successful in jumping in and and throwing everything they have, time, money, energy, into an idea. And and sometimes just by watching those episodes, you know, they will, um, you know, Mark Cuban will give an an opinion about, well, you didn't think about it completely, right? You're such in a niche or you haven't really thought through the process. So I think as you've led us through kind of white whiteboarding, right? For that hour, you put yourself in a position where you give yourself that time to be free and think of all the possibilities that will really save you a lot of time on the back end, right? <laughs> if you really take time to think through Absolutely. That, yeah, that's so important because you could spend a lot it of is. time. It is. And I love what you just said a minute ago where you said, you know, is it something that's a genuine, authentic product. And I have a philosophy that leadership and and, and being a leader is developing products or, or solutions to problems that have three core areas. It's good for me, it's good for you, and it's good for the universe. Mm-hmm. I think gone is the day where oh, I'm building something that's just good for me because I'm going to make all this money. I think also gone is the day it's, it's, it's just good for the universe and... Uh, I won't make anything out of it, but I know that I'll be sharing and helping humanity or it's just good for the client. I think I think you can't have one out of those three. I think when you're all diagnosing if your solution is going to be something that can scale and truly help humanity, it needs to tick all those boxes. Mm-hmm. Is it good for me? Is it good for you? Is it good for the universe? And that's a bit of a philosophy that I have when I get from the whiteboard is go, hold up, is this serving everyone? And I hope it's not just serving me because if it's serving just me, it ain't going to work. So, yeah, I think you need to find a solution that's authentic in all areas and it's it's holistic and it makes sense. They're the, they're the ideas that go and truly change the planet. Um, often you'll see great ideas come up and go and then you'll see that the leader behind it clearly had an intention that well, he, he was doing it or he or she was doing it for themselves. And and in this day and age, that's not long-term. And that's just been something that's been a guiding force for me to, to validate whether I'm on track in this concept or idea is going to actually see the light of day. 
I love that. So let me ask you, because because now, you know, you're really getting me going here now. <laughs> but when I think about all that it takes, right, to really think into those three questions, is it good for you? Is it good for me? Is it good for the universe? You got to put the right people around you to help you think through that sometimes. So do you have kind of uh, some people call them their own board of directors. Some people call them their, you know, their closest five or six people. Do you have a group of people that that really keeps you in check on this to make sure the things that you're dreaming about or stepping through are really, you know, going to be held accountable to those three things? Yeah, and, and, I, and I'm fortunate that I do. Um, I have 300 staff across 10 countries, and, you know, when, when I first started out, we I didn't have that around me, and I'm fortunate now that I've built uh, – great talent around me mm-hmm. who can actually start to, you know, firstly uh, hear and, and and understand my ideas. Um, I call it, and, and I have a process I do every 90 days, I come up with a harebrain idea. <laughs> it's it's a quarterly harebrain idea. And, and just so we're clear to your listeners, I suppose I'm in a position where I'm fortunate that I've got a business that is it is going well. Uh, you know, we, we have a business that's financially successful and allows me to be able to come up with other ideas and those kind of things. If this was my core business and I had, you know, a small team and then I was doing starting out, I probably wouldn't have this leverage. So, but, but to get back to your question, I, I do have certain people who can quickly validate, um, and give me feedback. Is this something that the market's going to want? Are we going to be able to execute this? Because for me, there's two key areas of business, the strategy and the execution. Um, for me, I am very much the strategic driver of the business. And for me, I can't play both sides. I need a team. I need people to be able to execute my ideas. Mm-hmm. So I will bring up every, like I said, every quarter, I have a harebrained idea. I put $10,000 maximum budget to that harebrained idea and we pedal hard to see if we can make it work in 90 days. <laughs> if I, if the $10,000 gets absorbed and it doesn't work, we shut it down. If it does get going and things are happening, we then look at it and go, great, can we start to build this out and actually scale this across you know, our, our 30 regions or whatever it may be? But I think it's fundamental. If you're listening to this and you have a board, you have a, you know, a leadership team or an executive team you can bounce this on, fantastic. If not, you need to find some mentors or people who believe in you, who you can start to bounce ideas off. Gone is the day where you come up with something, you put everything you got into it and you go and hope and execute and, and see if it's going to come off. Mm-hmm. That's old school thinking. We need to be strategic now. So, yeah, for me, it's kind of like, I'm blessed to be able to have those people around me and I've built teams around areas where I can execute. So I, I think it's really important to have people outside of you. To And by the way, from a leadership point of view, sometimes, I and, and, I, and I absolutely welcome this, my team will look at me and go, Michael, we can't do that. <laughs> we can't do it for this reason, this reason, this reason. And you, as a leader, you have to be able to accept your team's guidance and those kind of things. But also as a leader, sometimes you need to look them in the eye and go, you know what? I still feel intuitively this is something we need to execute. So I think 
getting back to leadership, which for me governs everything I do, sometimes you need to look your team in the eye and go, you know what, you are right. Let's pass on this one. Let's move on to the next one. But sometimes you need to look them in the eye and go, even when the whole table around you looks at you and goes, Mike, I don't know if we should do this. But if you still think you should, as a leader, it's important to keep moving forward and press forward, even if it doesn't work, Mm -hmm. even if you've had a couple of misses in the past. Mm -hmm. I think leadership is something that you've got to both take forward You'd be able to take a step back when you need to as well. Mm-hmm. You have to kind of be able to know when to adjust the sails, right? We were talking about sailing earlier offline, but you really have to be able yeah. to say, I can see the course, right? As a leader, you can see down the road of how will this affect the rest of the organization? How will this affect the rest of mm-hmm. where you want to take it, right? And so maybe it's that risk that you've got to do that one thing that feels a little uncomfortable, but then it might it might really propel you so many more paces ahead so that you can kind of bring people with you, right? Pull them with you. And, and that's really what leadership is all about. And so you're, you're kind of creating that, like they have to trust you. That is a big element of this in, and Simon talks about it in his start with why as well, but we all know, right? You have to really begin to understand your people and your team and they will trust you and they will give you that guidance and vice versa. Right. And that's really, really important for the success. And then I really want to talk to you about significance. And when we kind of separate these these right. two challenges and say what we do in our life is to be successful and achieve a certain level, whether that be of status or of, you know, financial, whatever that looks like to you that your goal or, or your gauge is. But then really our life is about significance. And so the things that we're going to do to really inspire and help others, you know, kind of our legacy, if you will. And so I kind of want you to talk a little bit about what your thoughts are for you as a leader and and how, you know, people can connect to you to help you drive that significance in the world. Yeah, it's it's an amazing um, thought process and significance. And I'm fortunate to have uh, a very good partner in Tony Robbins. And we promote Tony all around the world. And um, one of his six human needs that he talks about that every human must have, there's there's six areas, but one of them is significance. And it's an important piece of the puzzle. And significance is about understanding what it is that's driving you. What are the core beliefs that you have and the things that you want to achieve? And what's the significance of those things you want to achieve and what's that going to do to help you and, and, and who you're going to become. So, you know, I, I often talk to my sales team and, and, you know, I say to them, you know, what's driving somebody? What, what's the thing that's going to help them get to where they want to go? Is it significant? You know, what, what is it? So for me, it's an important piece of the process, but there's also people who live in this world of ego And there's a fine line between significance and ego. And I I don't know if you know of the works of Dr. John D. Martini. Do you know of Dr. John? I do. I do. Yeah, wonderful. So I I traveled the world with Dr. John for a while promoting him and, and significance slash ego. There's a fine line between them. Mm -hmm. And the ego can be an amazing tool if harnessed 
correctly, mm-hmm. but it can be an absolute destroyer um, if if it's if it takes over as well. So for me, um, what I'm doing is there's got to be this level of, and, and I don't know if if you follow me on Instagram, but I put a post out the other day where I said I'm hum, um, humbly I'm no better than anyone else, but arrogantly. I know I'm here to make a difference. Mm -hmm. And every time I put that post out, I get people come back and go, you can't be humbled and arrogant at the same time. And I put that there very consciously because I want to see people's reaction. I want to know what people think of when I say I'm arrogantly here to do something bigger than me, Mm -hmm. but humbly I'm not better than anyone. Mm -hmm. So for me, there's significance. I, I believe I live in this world and I've lived in ego status for, for many years, I did. But I believe I'm doing everything in my life in a sense of significance now. Mm-hmm. And for me, it drives me. And for me, um, it's sometimes I've got to catch myself if that ego comes in or I take significance just a bit further than I should. But I love that quote because it it sort of is this dichotomy or this this. Uh, oxymoron um, <laughs> of humble yet arrogant, but I'm somewhere in the middle, significantly trying to make a difference for mm-hmm. somebody, mm-hmm. and I, I think that's been something that's been a bit of a, a guiding light for me, and something that I stumbled across uh, about a decade ago, which started to change my perception and started to, you know, help me be a guide. Um, via significance than, than other areas. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and what I've learned the last several years in just focusing on real core leadership, you know, and, and so one of the things that I teach a lot is this kind of thought or this theory of reflection and this, this law of John Maxwell that teaches the law of the mirror. And, and so when we begin to see ourselves differently, everything else around us mm-hmm. starts to change. And so when when I um, just kind of writing some notes here as you were talking, but, you know, humbleness versus arrogance. And it's really not necessarily the arrogance um, that you say, I, I want arrogant and I'm going to, you know, puff my chest up and I'm going to beat you at that and I'm going to win that race. It is that, but it's yeah. really because you're doing it as a servant now and you know that you have the confidence mm-hmm. of what you've learned from your skill set that you know that you can give more, you can be more, you can drive yourself harder because you've learned how to develop those strategies to be able to do it better and faster and stronger, right? And that's kind of how I see it as yeah, you're talking that. about it. And so it's it's really important because a lot of people that are struggling with I can't find something. I'm stuck. I don't know what's inspiring me. You know, I've been in this job. I have this job that's really secure and successful, and I'm financially helping my family and, you know, putting my kids in college or saving for the wedding or whatever that looks like. You know, it's, but it's so important if you have this dream, if you have the capacity to say, I wonder if I could, right? If you're thinking that, Mm -hmm. if you think, I wonder if I could, then you can. (laughs) because all you have to do is take a few of these steps that you've taught us today and be able to step back and say, okay, let's think deeper into it and get the right people around us to help us think through it. Mm. And I think a lot of people that I've run into uh, over the last few years are, are you know, they have a, they have kind of this stuck point 
And although they've always felt like, oh, I wish if I could, like we said in the beginning, if I had all the money in the world, what would I do? What would get me up in the middle of the night? What would make me want to jump out of bed in the morning and get excited to live this life that I'm dreaming of? And that's what entrepreneurship really is. And with all the pain and the suffering and the heartache and, you know, the good and bad that comes with it, um, it's the joy in your soul knowing that you own it, right? You own it and that um, and that nobody can really take that spirit away from you. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's very powerful. And, you know, to, to maybe some of the younger listeners who are, are following this, you know, we, we – there's, there's a there's a fool's gold out there that a lot of people are chasing and it's money and it's materialistic things. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but I would try and get you to understand that and, and hopefully achieve a level of success quickly that you understand that it's not about those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I suppose... For me, uh, again, I was so blessed to understand and be around Dr. John D. Martini. I've met Dr. Um, John Maxwell. I've 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 done twelve hundred events myself um, in this industry, and I, and I was blessed to be able to find out some of these lessons early. But for me, um, not quite forty yet. But it's like what's really driving me is a legacy. What, what what would I love to leave behind? What would I love to, you know? have my life's work be attributed to and 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 money is is not the thing that's you know money can do amazing things but it's not the car the house the boat and those kind of things it's it's getting towards doing something that just as john maxwell says servant leadership Mm -hmm. getting out there making a difference making a change and one of the things i'm i'm really excited for in my business this year is we are starting a charity arm of our business. Now, we do 400,000 people live to our events every year. So from August this year, I'll be launching a new charity arm and a dollar from every single ticket sold. So 400,000 annually will go into a fund that we'll create to help um, do some things for some other people outside of us. Um, and then I feel that we can we can do a number of different things to make some, some really great change but that only comes from understanding that we're here to serve we're not here to acquire and 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 build up and store wealth and all those kind of things we're, we're here to give back we're here to help and that's the leadership component that that i know that you know because i can feel that <laughs> and and that's something that is really important to me now and, and having been in business for a while he's going hold up Everyone I speak to who was successful or who, you know, got to the end of their life, it was never about how much they acquired. It was about how much they, the time they have with their family, what they did for their community, what they did for their church, what they did for their environment. And and that's an exciting phase that I'm moving into. And uh, again, if you're listening to this, sure, go acquire the money, do the things you want to do, and then understand that it's not going to be about that. The happiness you get from acquiring wealth dissipates very quickly, mm-hmm. um, and, and it is a fool's gold. So um, servant leadership, helping your community, what's good for me, good for you, and good for the universe is a guide for you to be able to follow and hopefully make a difference and, and, and achieve a level of success that's beyond money. 
that that's the kind of things that drive me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Man, Michael Lane, thank you so much for your knowledge and your inspiration today. This has been really a wonderful, wonderful time together. I can't wait to come to Sydney and meet you in person or maybe meet you somewhere in the United States. <laughs> but um, Absolutely. I'd love that. I really appreciate your time. This has been just really great to connect to you. And it's always about finding the people that you have the same mindset with. You know, we would not have been connected if it wasn't for, I've got to give Chip Baker some credit here. Uh the Success Chronicles, yes. because he said, you really need to connect to Michael and, and share his story. So I am so glad that I did. And I'm so glad that we had this this opportunity to share. Um, I would like to invite you when you when you kick your charity arm off, I'd love to have you back on and, and really talk through that and how that's going uh, and share that with people. So if you would, if you would do that, that would be great. Oh, absolutely. I'd love to. And uh, I really appreciate the invitation. I'm grateful to Chip and thank you for putting on this and doing what you do. Um, as leaders, we know that when we kind of uh, look across that table and see each other, we kind of all know we're on the same journey with a similar outcome. And uh, I love that uh, you've got a platform to be able to push this out. So thank, thank you. you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I appreciate you. Uh, love you to death. Love what you're doing. And I love following you. So um, when I when I uh, hear about the charity arm here, reach back out to me and we will get you back on Everyday Leaders, all right? Thank you very much. Thank you. Hi, I'm Melanie Ake with Everyday Leaders. I wanted to invite you to join my leadership class. It's Life Strategies 101, where I'm gonna take you through the everyday 15 laws of growth. It's an amazing journey. It's 15 weeks with me as your personal coach. Join me, everydayleaders.com, and sign up today.